It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super successful. Hope you guys are ready because today's show is going to be quite amazing. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, money is not the goal. Money has no value. The value comes from dreams money help achieve. And that's from Robert Kiyosaki, the great author that wrote that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, among a bunch of other great books. If you have not read that book yet, you definitely want to check it out. Uh, The title of today's show is Mastering Money. Are you a money master? Well, I'll tell you what, after you listen to today's show, you will be a money master. I promise you, if you listen and apply what you learn, all right? I want to thank you all for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the previous shows, you can go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, find me on Facebook. I would love to have you as a friend. My name on Facebook is Mark Star, M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-O. All right. It's a picture of me holding up two books. And we also have a power and a half hour Facebook group. So go ahead and send a request and we'll go ahead and add you to that group. If you're not a part of my daily message service, Be Better Daily, make sure that you send a text, text, send this text BBD to 411-247. And every day you'll get a motivational and inspirational uh, text message. Trust me. It's a great way to start the day off. All right. I'm also starting up a speakers group. So for all of you listeners out there that are thinking about that have wanted to become speakers, go ahead and send me an email. It's going to start January 9th and I'm actually doing it for free. At least this go round. All right. Um, send the email to Coach Mark Speaks. That's C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. That's Coach Mark Speaks at gmail.com. And uh, just tell me you want to be in the speakers group and I'll give you all the instructions from there. So go ahead and shoot me an email. It's going to be limited amount of people that I'm going to allow into this group. Right. It's going to be an awesome group. So if you've ever thought about becoming a speaker or you know what, you just want to enhance that skill because trust me, public speaking is a skill that everyone needs. Go ahead and shoot me an email. All right. Are you guys ready for today's show? Profile number one, Ambarish Mitra. Now, Ambarish, also known as Rish, is an Indian entrepreneur from Delhi, India. When Rish was a teenager, he ran away from home to have a chance to live his dreams. It wasn't that his parents weren't supportive, but Rish had the desire to become an entrepreneur. His family, who lived a very comfortable middle-class life, had other plans for Rish. 
They wanted him to become an engineer, but Reich had other plans. When he was 17, he left a letter for his parents. Then he went to go live in the slums of Delhi, where he would sell magazines during the day and tea during the night. Now, because his parents wanted him, they were not having that entrepreneur stuff. They wanted him to become an engineer, right? So he knew he had other plans. He knew he had another destiny for himself. So he decided to go ahead and run away from home. Now, even though Reich had to live in deplorable conditions with no toilet, no concrete walls, and he was extremely, he was still extremely happy to have the opportunity to live his dreams. He could have gotten money from his parents at any time, but he chose not to. One day he read about a business plan competition in one of the magazines that he sold, and he decided that he would enter it. He built an idea around offering free internet access to women who lacked the means to purchase it themselves. Reich won the competition and turned the idea into a company called WomenInfoOnline.com. Now, the success of the business allowed him to move out of the slum, reconnect with his parents, and completely learn about the business from the inside out. His business grew so fast that it went public on the Indian stock market when Reich was 20, so within three years of him moving out. He would soon after leave the company and move to London to chase his dreams again. In 2005, he went to work for a travel startup called Insango, where he was the third employee. This company didn't take off and Reich was crushed, but guess what? He didn't quit. And then he went to found another company called Swap Shop, which was an online portal for giving away unwanted stuff. Two years later, after the company stalled, Reich shut it down. Next, Reich would start a social network called Stuck, which also failed after two years. Stuck got stuck. Now, by now, Reich had been in London for 10 years and was unable to create the success that he initially had with his first startup. He started to look at himself as a one-hit wonder and abandoned his dreams and got a job at a large insurance firm as he ran out of money. He had three misses, right? He, had, he started off, had a hit. Then he had three misses in a row. So Reich took some time to reflect on what may have been to blame for his failures and realized that his over-self-confidence may have been to blame. That's why sometimes it's not really good to have early success. Right. Because we have this early success. We start thinking that, oh, we know it all. And then, bam, here it is. This guy had three failures in a row. Within a year, he started building a new company from scratch again, this time with a family friend and former colleague. Blipar, the new company, is a visual search and augmented reality company. Today, Blipar has raised $45 million in venture funding and has 12 offices worldwide with 260 employees. He didn't change his fortune until he looked in the mirror and realized that maybe something was wrong with him. But he finally got it right. And a good thing that he didn't quit. He kept going even after three failures. Yeah, he stopped for a little bit, got a job, right? Then, then did a little self-reflection, looked in the mirror, made some changes, started a new company, and here it is. They're well-funded and on their way to massive success. Profile number two, Anwar Perez. Now, Anwar grew up in a village in Pakistan where he would walk eight miles to school and back every day. He was the son of a poor Pakistani farmer. At age 21, he would leave Pakistan on a ship headed towards the UK. Now, once in UK, he found work as a bus conductor. 
After seven years, Anwar saved up enough money to set up his first corner shop in London. This man worked as a bus conductor for seven years just to save up enough money so he could start up his own shop. He built a specialist food store to serve the Asian communities in West London. This shop was a success and Anwar started another store five years later. This time around, he built a store with much wider appeal. He built a general grocery store in the district of South Kensington. They would name the store Best Way. By the 1970s, Best Way was a small chain of 11 stores, right? Now, remember, this is the same guy that came over from Pakistan and worked as a bus conductor and saved up his money for seven years. Now, after complaints from his customers that his prices were too expensive, Anwar decided to become a wholesaler and cut out the middleman. He opened the first Best Way cash and carry warehouse in West London in 1976. This store became such a success that Anwar opened more depots and changed the focus from retailing to wholesaling. By 2004, Best Way had 31 depots and was making over $1.5 billion. The next year, Anwar pulled off a deal that turned Best Way into UK's second biggest wholesaler. He bought one of his rivals for $150 million. Today, the business serves 125 independent retailers and caterers and has a turnover of $3.6 billion. Anwar, the little farmer kid from Pakistan, now has a net worth of over $1.95 billion. This guy came over from Pakistan when he was, what, 20, 21 years old with probably no money? Worked his butt off for seven years. Now the man is a billionaire. If these guys can do it, we can do it too. These guys are no special than me or you. I'm telling you. That's why I do these stories every single week. These stories is going to help to increase the belief that you have in yourselves. I know they do that for me. After reading so many stories over and over and over again, I know that there is no limits to what I can do. And no limits to what you can do as well. Profile number three, Clayton Mathile. Now, Clayton was born on a family farm in Ohio. After high school, he got a job working at General Motors, then Campbell's Soup Company after college. In 1970, after becoming dissatisfied with corporate life, Clayton accepted a job as a sales manager at a small regional pet food manufacturer, the Imes Company. When he started with the company, they only had five employees. He put all his energy into the business, working 12 to 16 hours a day. In 1975, Clayton bought 50% of the business for $100,000 from founder Paul Imes, signing the deal on a page on a one-page piece of paper. This guy wasn't working eight hours a day. This guy was working 12 to 16 hours a day. Eight hours a day just gets you by. If you want to get ahead, you got to work more. Even if it's not in your business, you got to work more and definitely on yourself. Now, six years later, Clayton bought the other 50% agreeing to pay Paul Imes $100,000 a year and buy him a new Cadillac. Ten years after Clayton joined the company, he grew sales to $10 million a year. Over the next three decades, Clayton took the business to over one billion dollars in sales. In 1999, Clayton sold the company to Procter & Gamble for $2.3 billion. In 2006, Clayton founded OVO, 
which is a video chat service similar to Skype and Google Hangouts that has over 100 million users. This is Clayton's second billion-dollar company. Clayton is worth $3.4 billion. Now, Clayton says that his whole career was a series of minor failures which he used to test his way through. Let me repeat that. Clayton says that his whole career, this guy that's a billionaire, listen to what he's saying now. He said his whole career was a series of minor failures which he used to test his way through. All of these failures, trials, and errors he used to put together a book in 2013. Here are a few of the keys that Clayton outlines in his book. Number one, clarify your vision. To grow your business, you have to know where you're going. Defining a clear direction for the company and committing to that direction will keep you on track when you face obstacles down the road. You got to know exactly where you're headed towards. Number two, organize your business around your end goal. Once you have a clear understanding of where you're going, then you have to organize your business to get there. That means creating a structure for your business that will get you where you want to go. Number three, keep tabs on your progress. Setting a vision and getting organized are great, but to create long-term change, you have to keep yourself honest along the way. Part of getting your entire organization on board with your vision is developing a culture that motivates employees to help you achieve your goal. Or if you don't have employees, maybe your family, right? You got to motivate your family to help you achieve your goal. Sometimes they're not going to be able to see it. Sometimes your spouse isn't going to be able to see it. But you got to motivate them because trust me, you want them on your side because if they're at you, hey, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Why are you doing this? You're going to ultimately end up quitting. Now, you also need a process of measuring and monitoring performance so that they improve. Now, last week, I shared 10 tips that would help you to make right now the right time, but we didn't get a chance to finish up. So let's review the 10 that we went over last week, and I'll share a few more with you. Number one, always remember that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your thoughts. Number two, keep the promises that you make to others and most importantly, to yourself. Number three, Whatever scares you the most is what you need to do first. Number four, small daily improvements are the key to humongous long-term results. Number five, stop being busy. Everybody loves to say, I'm busy. I'm super busy. I have all this stuff. But are you productive? It's not about being busy because the guy at the corner store that hangs out in front of the corner store every single day and drinks beer all day, he's busy too drinking beer. But is he productive? Is he getting anything done? So let's move from being busy to being productive and effective. Number six, become human again. Number seven, remember that all great ideas were once thought to be ridiculous. If you got a great idea and you're sharing it with people and everybody's not feeling it, you might really be onto something. They thought electricity was stupid. They thought the automobile was stupid. They thought the airplane was stupid. They thought the computer was stupid. If somebody would have told you 25 years ago that every person would have a computer in their pocket, that would have sounded ridiculous, wouldn't it? And every single one of us has a computer in our pocket with our smartphone. 
I have two. Now I have three. Trying to get rid of one. All great ideas was once thought to be ridiculous. Number eight. Remember that critics are people that are afraid to dream or dreamers that are afraid to live their dreams. Number nine. Take 60 minutes every weekend to craft your game plan for the next seven days. Number 10. Get rid of your need to be liked this year. You can't be a visionary if you feel the need to be liked by everyone. Number 11, every morning, ask yourself, how may I best serve the most people? Remember, you get paid by the amount of value you provide to others. So when you're sitting down coming up with your ideas, think about how will this idea help somebody else? That's how you get paid. Number 12, every night ask yourself, what are five good things that happened to me today? We have to learn to celebrate success. That success helps to build momentum, right? Number 13, don't waste your most valuable hours, usually in the morning, doing low-value work. So that means stay off of social media, stay out of that email. I try to... Don't even look at my email or social media till at least 10 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I won't even answer my phone till noon or 1 o'clock. It's all low-value stuff. Those are the times that most people are most productive. Save all that stuff for when you're doing something else or when you're probably least productive. Like for me, I try to schedule my phone calls when I do walking. I walk for about at least two, two and a half hours every single day. So most of the time, if, if someone wants to talk to me on the phone, we got to talk during the time that I'm doing walking. Number 14, leave every project that you touch better than you find it. Number 15, fears unfaced become your limits. Let's live limitless in 2016. Number 16, get up a few minutes earlier to prepare your mind, body, and emotions to be remarkable. Set up some daily rituals. Every morning, the first thing that I do is I write down five things that I'm thankful for. After that, I craft out my day, right? I craft out my day as if it already happened. I go over my goals. I have a set of rituals that I do every single morning. I can't tell you how that has changed my life. Number 17, smile at strangers. Number 18, keep a journal. Your life story is amazing and worth recording. And once you have a journal and you're writing down what you do every single day, it's easy for you to go in and make adjustments. You can see where you're spending your time, what you're doing, what you could be doing better, what you need to do more of, what you need to do less of. Number 19, do more than you're paid to do and do work that leaves people around you amazed. That's how you get paid more. If you're only doing what you're getting paid for, nobody will ever feel the need to pay you more. Number 20, set five daily goals every morning. These small wins will lead to nearly 2,000 little victories by the end of the year. Now, if you had 2,000 little victories, you would be able to accomplish anything, right? Break down your humongous goals into, into the small little things that you can do every single day. And you'll be amazed by the end of the year what you've accomplished. Number 21, Life is short. The greatest risk is riskless living and settling for average. Nobody that's listening to this right now is average. Nobody's going to settle for average. 
Now, the biggest challenge that most people have is acquiring and maintaining money. For most of us, we were never taught how to handle money properly, or if we were taught, it was by someone that didn't have much of it. Like I always say, a fry cook at McDonald's cannot teach you how to become a gourmet chef. Somebody that's broke cannot teach you how to be rich. Remember that. Now, here are a few things about money that most people do not know. Number one, money is generally attracted to good people that are good with it. Number two, money tends to flow towards those people who can use it in the most productive way that can benefit the most amount of people. Number three, money also flows away from those who use it poorly or who waste it non-productively. That's why people that waste money always go through money. And they never, ever usually can have money. Even if they get a windfall of money, they end up losing it. Number four, money gravitates to people who respect it and are capable of doing worthwhile things with it. And money flows through the fingers of those who don't understand it or take proper care of it. Now, the first step in attaining money is realizing that you have the ability and are capable of attaining all the money that you could possibly want or need. We have to always remember that, number one, money buys freedom. Number two, money gives you choices. Number three, money allows you to live life on your terms, not somebody else's terms. Number four, money opens doors to you that were previously closed. Now, there are 13 laws to money that will help you to acquire and keep more of your money in your life. Law number one, the first law is the law of abundance. This law states that there is an ample supply for everyone who really wants it. Not for everyone, but for everyone who really wants it. This basically means that there's plenty of money around. There's no shortage of money and you can have all of it that you want and that you need. Now, the first part of this law states that people are rich because they decide to be rich. And they are rich because they believe they have the capacity to become rich. Because they believe they can, they take the necessary actions to become rich. Most really, really successful people, if you watch their interviews, they always, they knew it from the beginning that they were going to be super successful. If you ask me at age 18, what was I going to be when I grew up? I said a millionaire by 25. Right? Most of the successful people, they will tell you that they knew it. They instinctively knew it. Right? Even when they had nothing, they knew it. They made a decision that that's what they wanted. Now, the second part of this law states that people are poor because they haven't decided to become rich. If you ask most people that aren't rich why they aren't rich, it would reveal their, number one, self-limiting beliefs. Number two, their doubts. Number three, fears. Number four, excuses. Number five, their rationalizations. They come up for all, with all these rationalizations, right? Number six, their justifications. All the reasons why they aren't where they want to be. Now, for those that aren't financially where they want to be, I challenge you to write down a plan to get you from where you are to where you want to be and how you will overcome those obstacles. Now, the second law of money is the law of exchange. This law states that money is the medium through which people exchange their production of goods and services to others. Now, before money, people would barter or exchange goods and services with each other. Money just made the process much easier and much efficient, right? Before money, if you had some apples and I had cows, 
I might not want a million apples for one of my cows. So money just made that process a little bit easier. Now, the first part of this law states that money is a good measure of the value that people place on goods and services. Remember that nothing has meaning or value other than the meaning or value that we give to it, right? The second part of this law states that the amount of money you earn in the marketplace is the measure of value that others place on your contribution. If you want more, you have to become more. Now, Earl Nightingale said you will always be paid in direct proportion to the work that you do, how well you do it, and the difficulty in replacing you. Now, a a great example of this law is that I remember when I was 15 years old, I worked at McDonald's in the back, right? And I busted my tail at McDonald's. I worked, I probably worked harder at McDonald's than any other job that I've ever had in my life or any other thing that I've ever done in my life before, right? But guess what? That job was easy replaceable. That's why they only paid me $3 an hour, right? Now, the third part of this law states that money is an effect or a result, not a cause. The fourth part of this law states that to increase the amount of money you're getting out, you must increase the value of work that you are putting in. To earn more money, you must increase, number one, your knowledge, number two, your skill, Number three, improve your work habits. Number four, work longer and harder hours. Number five, work more creatively. And number six, do something that enables you to get greater leverage from your talents. I say it all the time. If you want more, you have to become more. Now, the third law of money is the law of capital. This states that your most valuable asset in terms of cash flow is your physical and mental capital your earning ability. Your ability to work is the most valuable asset that you have. Now, the first part of this law states that most, your most precious resource is your time. Poor time management is the reason for failure and underachievement in almost every industry. Poor time management. The second part of this law states that time can either be spent or invested. One of the best investments that you can make is to invest 3% of your income every month and one hour of your time every day in developing and bettering yourself, which will increase your earning ability. So that makes if, that means if you make about $3,000 a month, you need to be spending at least $100 a month on books, courses, or something that's going to help you to become worth more. If not, you're going to still, five years from now, you're going to still be making the same amount of money that you're making right now. Now, the fourth law of money is the law of time perspective. This law states that the most successful people in any society are those who take the longest time period into consideration when making their day-to-day decisions. Now, the first part of this law states that delayed gratification is the key to financial success. The second part of this law states that the self-discipline is the most important personal quality for long-term success. All right? The third part of this law states that sacrifice in the short term is the price you pay for security in the long term. The fifth law of money is the law of saving. This law states that the financial freedom comes to the person who saves 10% or more of his or her income throughout their lifetime. The sixth law of money is the law of conservation. This law states that it's not how much you make, but how much you keep that will determine your financial future. Right? It's not about how much you make, but how much you keep. Number seven, 
Seventh law of money is Parkinson's law. And this law states that your, fi- your, expense- your expenses will always rise to meet income. Now, financial success comes from violating Parkinson's law. If you allow your expenses to increase at a slower rate than your income and you save or invest a difference, you will become financially independent in your working lifetime. The eighth law of money is the law of three. This law states that there are three legs to the stool of freedom, savings, insurance, and investment. A, your savings should be liquid and be sufficient for the for you to have two to six months of normal expenses. B, you should carry sufficient life and health insurance against an emergency. And C, you should invest 10 to 20% of your income throughout your life until your investments make more money than you do. The ninth law of money is the law of investing. Investigate before you invest. Now, this law also states that the only thing about money, the only easy thing about money is losing it. If you think you could afford to lose a little, you're going to lose a lot and only invest with experts who have a proven track record. Kind of like what I said before, a person that's a fry cook at McDonald's cannot teach you how to become an expert at anything other than becoming a fry cook at McDonald's. So don't take money advice from somebody that doesn't have a lot of money or doesn't really know how to make a lot of money. Now, the 10th law of money is the law of compound interest. This law states that investing your money carefully and allowing it to grow at compounded interest will eventually make you rich. If you would have invested a dollar at 3% at the time of Jesus 2,000 years ago, it would be worth half the money in the world. If you doubled a penny every day for 31 days, right? And I was going to go over this, but we're running short on time. So if you doubled a penny every day for 31 days, at the end of 31 days, you'd have over 10 million seven hundred thousand dollars the 11th law of money is the law of accumulation and this law states that every great achievement is an accumulation of hundreds and thousands of small efforts and sacrifices that no one ever sees or appreciates the 12th law of money is the law of attraction this law states that as you begin accumulating money You magnetize this money with the emotion of desire and you become a money magnet. That's what we all want to become. And the 13th and final law of money is the law of accelerating acceleration. This law states that as you begin moving toward your goal of financial freedom, it begins it begins moving toward you at an accelerating speed. Okay, okay. well, that's all that we have for you today. Now, I know I gave you so much information in such a short period of time, but that's why I recorded it. And you can go back to www.powerhh.com and re-listen to the show. The name of today's show is Mastering Money. So make sure you look for that show and re-listen to it. Uh, Go ahead and share this with three of your friends. Let them know the station that you're listening to it on, what time it comes on, and uh, share it with them because I know that you have some friends that should have heard what we talked about today. All right. Want to also remind you that if you have not downloaded my book yet, you can download my book at www.repeataftermebook.com. That's www.repeataftermebook.com. If you would like to join my speakers group, I'm starting a speakers group January 9th. January 9th. And this go round, I'm doing it for free. I promise you after this group 
that I'm putting together on January 9th. I'm going to be charging for this group, but this time you have an opportunity. I'm opening it up to all my listeners. You have an opportunity, and I have listeners all over the world to join in this speaker group. So if you'd like to be a part of it, just shoot me an email. Uh, my email address is coachmarkspeaks at C-O-A-C-H-M-A-R-K-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. Just shoot me an email telling me, hey, Coach Mark, I would love to be in your email, um, in your speakers group, and I will send you over the requirements and all the information and whatnot. But it's going to be free this go around. So take advantage of it because I promise you, Next time, I'm going to be charging for it, all right? And if you have not downloaded my book yet, um, go ahead and download it, www.repeataftermebook.com. That's www.repeataftermebook.com. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, the world is full of abundance and opportunity, but most people come to the fountain of life with a teaspoon instead of a shovel. They expect little and get little. Always remember, you'll never get more than what you expect. So if you expect a little bit, you're only going to be able to get a little. So turn up your expectations, all right? Thank you all, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Star. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. The incredible, magnificent Law of Attraction Cruise of a Lifetime is taking place on March 6th through 10th 2016, featuring New York Times best-selling Law of Attraction author Pam Grout and featuring Michael Perlman, MD of Law of Attraction Journaling and best-selling and award-winning wealth author Richard Harper, along with our own beautiful and dynamic speaker Constance Arnold, will be on board as well. Don't forget Gary Temple Bodley, who channels Joshua, will be on board, and you will be able to have direct interactions with Joshua. And then there's the Champagne Living Dream Coach, Cassie Parks, as well as me, Jules Johnson. This is a powerful cruise, and it's happening during the week of the total solar eclipse in Pisces, which is ruler of the water, which means that which you shine a light on will shift almost effortlessly. So what are you waiting for? This is your chance to finally change your life in profound ways. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com and sign up today. There's still cabins available, but the rates will increase weekly. Need a cabin mate? No worries. We have like-minded individuals for you to room with. Take this time and invest in yourself. You will be so happy you did. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com. See you on board. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.